And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And before we get into things, I just want to let you know in advance, Ashley Refo, our editor, is on with us today. So I'm real happy. It makes my job a lot easier because she asks <laughs> so much better questions than I do. Uh, so that's Ashley, debatable. That's debatable? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. What helps like a tag team, you know, while one yeah. is thinking, the other is asking, you know, it's like good cop, bad cop. <laughs> Who's the and good cop here? You're the good cop. Uh, I said, who I'm is? I'm a very good bad cop. <laughs> so anyway, we've got, uh, we have our uh, feature photographer for this month with us and it's Sarita Hockley. Sarita is, well, she lives in Wales right now, originally from somewhere else in the uk right i don't think you're originally from wales uh, Leicester. and she used to she lived in new york city for a while so she kind of knows what the u.s is all about that's not really the united states it kind of is oh i'm gonna get hate mail now for that no <laughs> i like it there. i like it there. but uh yeah sarita is uh well she's a she's a friend of virginia hines who said we need to talk to her and uh, uh i'm glad she did plus she's also a friend of harvey steins who we've had on many times and uh but margarita too margarita Mavro mickles hopefully i said that right or is it mccallis i don't know mccallis okay so anyway sarita thanks for being with us hi bob Hi, uh, Ashley. Uh, thank you. It's a it's a real honour to be asked to be invited on the show, and uh, I was really surprised because, as I as you know, I'm still on my journey as a photographer. Um, but uh, it's it's you know I'm happy to be here, and yeah, fortunate to have to have um, Harvey, Margarita, and Virginia all to be as mentors and friends along the way. So thank you. Yeah, you've got some good ones. Uh, so you're just in your journey. Everybody's in the middle of their journey. I know this 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 mm -hmm. is one that never ends. Yeah. <laughs> so you do, but <laughs> so uh before we get into things, why don't you just uh, tell us just tell us about yourself and you know, particularly your journey in photography up till now. Sure. Sure. Well, um I yeah, I've I've always been interested in the arts. I trained as a dancer when I was younger. And um, uh, I never thought I'd find anything that I was so passionate about that would give me that same, um, you know, challenge and uh, anticipation and just like the same rewards as, as, as everything that I did with dance. And, t and it wasn't until about 2009 when I'd, I moved to New York in 2008 and I picked up a point and shoot and I just took it everywhere with me. Um, I just didn't put it down. And then um, I was given a DSLR and I, I really didn't know uh, the technical things. I didn't know a lot about photography at that point, but New York City is just, um, 
you know, it's on steroids <laughs> in terms of creativity and access to sure. and photography. So I, um, anyway, I, I was photographing all the time and then, uh, you know, it, it, it was clear that I, I just, I loved the challenge of it. I loved going out. I didn't really know what I was doing then. So I started doing a few courses at Photo Manhattan and, um, I went to every exhibit I could. I went to see every lecture I could, every talk I could possibly do. And there was a lot going on in New York. Um, I then came across ICP, the International Center of Photography, and did a number of courses there. Um, and I found that as I was doing these courses, I was learning more, I was getting technically better. The critique I can't get enough of because that's what's helped me progress in my work enormously. Mm. And um, I, but then I started getting frustrated because I carried my camera everywhere. I was photographing more and more. I was photographing on the street, but I realized that I wanted, I, you know, there's so many interesting characters in New York and I wanted to engage with people and I couldn't. I was physically had this like aversion to, you know, mm. as confident as you can be on a normal day. I just had this kind of fear. And so I enrolled in a street photography course, which is where I first met Harvey. Mm -hmm. And um, he put the, everyone through their paces. It was a, a regular <laughs> class, but to me, it was like facing my fear, you know, if you've got like <laughs> to spiders or something. So he would, he would give us these tasks to do each week. And honestly, I would be all the way home on the subway. I'd be like panicking. How the hell am I going to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to produce any work? And, but being the person I am and, quite determined and just the, the joy of actually photographing. I went out, but I would get physically nauseous. Mm. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that. Like you just, your fear of doing something. Um, but I would, I would stop people. And, um, but then I realized like I was making judgments about stopping people. Like, mm. I was attracted to this person because of this. I was attracted to this person, but I was making judgments. And then I was getting mad with myself because how, how can I judge people? You know, like, what, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. so, um, so I was getting annoyed with myself and it was all this vicious cycle, but he brought out the best in me. And also I'm sure I must've, <laughs> I don't know. I, I gave him back and forth, but um, he made me do work. He, continued to push me, which I'm really pleased about because, um, you know, it's, I've got, I've come on leaps and bounds. I mean, you know, just, I remember a guy in Brooklyn and I stopped him, but I only stopped him after like following him and being annoyed with myself because I was not going to stop him because he had, he was hunched over a little bit and I, all these crazy thoughts were going through my head. And then I was just like, get over yourself. So I stopped him. And then he was pleasantly surprised by like, why would anybody want to stop him? So we're all in this kind of weird place together. <laughs> um, I ended up, you know, taking it, spending time with him. And now um, from then, I kind of went on and introduced my um, 
I just went back to my training in sales and finance because that's what I've been doing, the gap between dancing and, and, and now. And so I just thought about it. It's got to be simpler than that. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and also, it's, it's hard because there's like the candid club, isn't there? And then there's the people that engage in photography. And there's, there's plenty of space for both. Um, me personally, I struggle on the candid side because I really want to engage people, but you want to get past that initial mm -hmm. like, smile and like, yeah, look, I'm my picture taken. Um, <laughs> and you want to get past that and, and connect with that person. And that's where I am. I like to spend time with mm. people. Um, and that's so, so interesting, Sarita, that you had such a desire to connect and engage with people, but at the same time, a fear of doing so. I know. I know. Call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's normal, but it's it's interesting how our minds work sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, because in normal life without a camera, I um I do I'm very um like I'm a huggy person. I'm really engaging with people. I like to mm. really look in your eyes if I'm talking to you. And I think I think it's, it's my nature to do that. But for photography at the beginning, it was really difficult. And then I, like I say, I kind of introduced my sales training. It was like, it doesn't matter if people say no. Mm. As long as you're polite, as long as you're totally respectful of the people that you approach, it doesn't matter if they say no, because eventually that means someone's going to say yes. And if they don't and they keep saying no, then you have to have a word with yourself in the mirror and just like <laughs> something's gone wrong. But, um, <laughs> but the more you do it, um, you you find that you know there's there's good people out there and just like engaging people and not everybody wants their photograph taken and that's absolutely fine but sometimes just a smile it brightens their day you know just engagement mm -hmm. can can be a passing experience uh, you know pleasant experience for both of you but um, moving on from that so I continued to do more courses I started to get involved with professional women photographers in New York, mm. where I ended up on the board for five years, eventually running that, um, working with the uh, different, <laughs> helping develop the membership, um, developing the exhibitions team. We exhibited in many places and, uh, you know, haggling for space and learning the intricacies of everything that's involved. That was a huge learning curve. Um, but uh, good good to do and working working with such such a plethora of women um smart intelligent creative women and there's so many amazing women photographers i mean there's lots of men as well but it's just it, at that time in new york the um the quality of the work is just off the charts and they continue to do that um it's a really good way of empowering each other and and supporting everyone on the journey because everyone's at different places and everyone has something else to bring. You, we've, I learned, I, I might have been leading the group, but it was the group that was leading with me because it's all of their input that made it what it, what it is and what it was. So I was are really you, uh, that. I'm sorry, are you involved with women street photographers? So uh, I am a member of street photographers. I haven't had a lot of involvement with them. Um, I left in the middle of COVID, 
to move to the mm-hmm. rural place that I am in now. Um, <laughs> but yes, I am still connected with them. Um, and so, yeah, so I continue to do street photography in New York and in many countries, you know, on travel and through photography specific trips. Um, and now I'm doing a master's at Falmouth University. Wow. Okay. Masters in, in what? Oh, really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So if you were to, well, of course, you've been in sales most of your most of your life. So you're uh, sales, the finance more specifically it was started yeah. in sales and then uh, much more um, on the. So in terms of your photography, what's your elevator speech? How do you describe your what you do as a photographer? It starts with a smile. We've gotten that much. <laughs> but what do you say? <laughs> uh, you know, it really varies because I don't just walk up to somebody and say, can I take your picture? It, just, it doesn't, I, I don't have a set speech because in some places we don't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I have a confidence that through photography, I can engage with anyone in the world and it might be a conversation but it might be just you know a tilt of the head or the touch of a you know holding mm-hmm. someone's hand or um i and i know it's it's it sounds weird because like you know who in the right if i said like you know, i put my hand on someone's shoulder and like some people might freak out at that but <laughs> in the right setting at the right time you go with your instincts yeah uh, totally do and oftentimes you know on the streets of New York, for example, you know, somebody might have like, might be a scarf they're wearing, or it might be the way their eyes light up when they're looking at something, or it might be a connection between, you know, a f- two family members or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, that's all different. And um, there's not a rule book, but I think for me, it's all about getting out there and, and doing it and the experience. And I will, explore every avenue i follow the light wherever i can i mean that was a big thing because i was working full time and i wanted to continue to produce work so i would take a different route to work in the morning you know follow different streets depending on how the light was depending on reflections depending what was going on that day and over time i've built up pockets of work you know um the themes evolve. I don't, I, there are certain projects I'm now working on. And obviously when you're doing a master's, you're creating projects for that. But during the time of working on streets, the, the projects evolved. They were like, you know, your New York City project, but within that, right. there's elections, there might be mm-hmm. certain types of people, certain areas and whatever. Let me, I, I think I did a bad job asking that question because what I wanted to what I wanted to to know is how do you describe your photography or what kind of a photographer are you? You know, uh, that's why I said an elevator speech. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but you know what? Though, but you're absolutely right. You've got to have one when you're on the street as well when you're engaging with people. Uh, that's a that's an excellent point. But you know, say you go to a conference or you're with your fellow photographers at, at university, you know, 
how do you explain what kind of photographer you are? Are you a portrait photographer, street portrait, documentary? Um, yeah, I've always I always used to say I was a street portrait photographer mm -hmm. because I work closely and and really a lot. When you see some of the images, you'll see that it really is portraits taken in the street. Um, mm -hmm. I work closely. I'm I'm not. I don't shoot from a distance particularly um, when doing that. And I always used to say that, but then and that you know, and that would be my thing. So, you know, I, I am a street portrait photographer. However, the reason for me doing the masters is because I want to develop my practice. I want to, um, I want to see where I can go and 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 release those shutters. I don't want to put myself in the bracket of that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that actually because I'm like, that's such a good background. You already had time spent living in New York, which, like you say, that's like street photography on steroids every day you went to so many icp classes so what more are you going to get from the masters are you looking to maybe mm -hmm. expand your work beyond street photography yes exactly so um you know it from new york i kind of went full circle because then i became a teaching assistant at international center of photography mm -hmm. as well and um and I love, and I will always do street photography. I do it here in London, in Bristol, wherever I am. Um, and I specifically travel still to do that. However, um, the more I explore photography, the, there's such a wide scope. And I want to continue to push myself out of my comfort zone. I, I feel like I do my best work when I'm challenging myself, mm. whether that be you know, going to a new place I've never been before and knocking on doors, running, you know, going down avenues I've, that I don't know what I'm going to find. Um, or if it's just being, you know, challenging myself with different projects, going out against the elements. I've been exploring landscape photography. Mm -hmm. And again, whether it's street, it's landscape, documentary, whatever it is, it's going out in all weathers and putting yourself out there for me. You know, I know that's mm -hmm. not everybody's thing, but um, I feel that I'm doing my better stuff when I'm really pushing myself to see what I can achieve. And it's it's limitless in, in terms of what you can do. But it's kind of scary as well, because it's like mm -hmm. I'm doing all this. Where's it going to take me? So, yeah, um, you never know. But, I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. I was just going to ask, can you think of like a specific example of that? Or maybe a moment when you pushed yourself and the results were just incredible? So um, on the Isle of Egg in Scotland mm -hmm. and it, uh, 
um, in or out of Hebrides. Not sure. My geography is terrible. Um, but yeah, so. It's you okay. Know. You're talking to Americans. We're definitely worse than you. <laughs> uh, uh, it's bitterly cold and you're out there and it's almost pitch black and you're scrambling over rocks and like you really want to capture. Uh, in terms of landscape, I really like water and ethereal type of mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I found myself thigh deep in water. My legs were like ice cold and I was like, didn't. And, and and it was like the the techniques that I was using. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I, don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> I might get swept out the like, sea right now. And yeah. I was holding off for dear life because at that moment I just thought, you know, I, and I I'm not a strong swimmer. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you know, the the result from that, um, I was really pleased with. I I feel like I am quite. I uh, crit- critical about my own work because I like to like you always want to go back and do better or you want to you want you know it's I don't know I put pressure I, I often do put pressure on myself with my work but um, that was a moment where you know it was worth every second mm. and I'd go and do it again tomorrow in a beat you know just to see what I could achieve and every time you go out it's different you know whether it's street whatever type of photography and again like i'm trying to get out of being in one particular bracket although i'll always do street (laughs) um (laughs) i the light's different every day Mm -hmm. you if i was engaging with you now we might walk 10 yards and it would be totally different than it was in that moment so for Mm me um yeah like I say, you won't show me up once you start. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm very passionate about it, yeah. So, now where are you in Wales? Sounds um, like you must be out in the country. We were talking about deer right before we got on. I know, you know, actually, it's really close to the border of, of England. Oh, so, okay. Um, for example, like my doctor's is in Chepstow, which is the nearest town, and my pharmacy <laughs> is in england <laughs> okay. okay but um it's like it's half an hour from bristol which is um mm-hmm. a large much larger city um but it just so happens it's in farm area and surrounded by fields um, so it, what do you do for street photography because you're in farm country or yeah. do you have to travel to london or cardiff or yeah you have to travel such places yeah yeah, so um, I travel into London quite a bit. Um, I like to keep on top of exhibits. There's often lots of things going on. Um, and I have appointments there and things. So How I, far of a journey is it? It's an hour and 15 on the train. Oh, yeah, that's so, nothing. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then um, I generally photograph on the train as well. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, it was interesting. Uh, I was a, a couple of weeks ago. I've been traveling, but prior to me going away, um, I was on the train going down to London and you just never know what you'll come across. So I always have my camera <laughs> on my side and this woman stood up and she was like a regular woman and she was all dressed fine and she, her hair was fine. Anyway, she pulls into her handbag and she pulls out this 
bright blonde wig. Her hair was pitch black. <laughs> she pulls out this bright blonde wig and she starts putting a wig on and combing it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And it was just right in front of me. And I was so angry. <laughs> I ended up photographing her and we were just chatting and she was like on her way to do a different job. But it was just made me smile because like, you know, that's the last thing you expected. <laughs> do it just as you're getting off the train, you know. <laughs> just another day. <laughs> wow, and you do, and, and I know you travel a lot. You were you were in India not long ago, doing a workshop, and and I mean, what's what's the craziest thing that's happened to you on the street? And I mean, it could be at home, or or it could be in Mumbai or something. But what the or China, or be, oh, the craziest thing is somebody passed me. No, it's not crazy. Um, you have to be careful what you take when you're on the street. Somebody mm. passed me what I thought was a bottle of water, and it was um, it was just like the uh, Baijiu or something. <laughs> local alcohol, rice wine in the mountains of Vietnam. Like Baijiu, yeah. Oh my gosh! Whoops! Oh. <laughs> um, I was actually thirsty. <laughs> there was one time that I got it wrong and a woman um, chased me with what looked like a machete type thing. Like, a, a, you know, one of those, it looks like a machete. It's like a, like a expanding mm. shaped knife. Mm. Big and sharp. Yeah. yeah. Saber. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, sometimes I approach people from behind and i try not to do that um not that it matters whether i see their face or not but i think it can be unnerving for them i guess mm -hmm. um so uh but you know oftentimes i don't if i get someone saying no which obviously you can quite often but um i've been really fortunate because it's few and far between um i don't really have that many bad experiences. I have to say, in India this time, um, there were sometimes people want to go and photograph with you, and I have no problem with that. Other than I follow my instinct, and mm -hmm. I kind of, and I don't mind if I know they're there. Like if you say to me, "Oh, let's go, let's go shoot," and we go out and we're doing something together, that's fine. But if I don't know they're there, then that kind of imbalances me in some way and I was going as I always do wherever I am I went up this flight of stairs to see what was up on the next floor and mm. see what was up on the on the roof type of thing and then this pack of dogs came down um mm. and just really after me so yeah I had to run pretty fast um <laughs> and it completely took my breath away but and but then there was somebody who was like came with me behind me and I didn't realize and I honestly think it breaks my it breaks my balance in some way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's my excuse for that some, one. Some people I was going to ask you because I know you said sometimes you'll go out and shoot with with like Virginia or or other friends. Do you find like what are the benefits? That's definitely the cons. Is that there's somebody like there and you're kind of like keeping an eye on them, which can be distracting in a sense. But are there benefits to shooting with a a buddy on the street? Um, 
There can be if you're in another country and you really have no, because I mean, I have terrible sense of direction and stuff. So sometimes it's good, to, <laughs> not in terms of you're both photographing the same thing or, or picking on, you know, like going for the same subject, but more that you have each other's back and you can connect, you know, if you haven't seen them for a while, you'll just like check in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer in, in budding it when you, you're in a strange place. Um, Although I don't always do that, I tend to run off and just uh, go my own direction a lot of the time. Um, but um, but sometimes you you learn from each other as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's always it's a constant ev- evolving. Like my practice continues to evolve, and um, whilst I actually enjoy doing street photography like I when I go to London I'm always doing it on my own when I go to any of the towns in the UK and I purposely go and explore new towns to try and find new things but um there's a lot to be learned from uh other photographers and just they're different they're different styles and it might not be yours but just the their reasoning and that conversation around photography and helping each other connect like one thing that I'm getting a lot out from the do, studying photography specifically is the breadth of, of um, photographers and styles and and projects and all types of things. And whilst they're not all going to re- resonate with me, um, I like to help others and like connect. You know, well, have you thought about this? Have you seen that person's work? And that was one thing that I tended to do with PWP a lot was connect people with other people in the industry or. Um, you know, you might be interested in that stuff or, you know, have you looked at this technique and that type of thing. So there's always stuff to learn. And I've been really fortunate. Um, been on some really good groups and uh, have a good cohort and things like that. So, yeah, I am really I'm sure that's why we get, you know, it's like that's what helps progress you as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, looking at people's work and looking at different types of art as well you know the influences and the inspirations are are you surrounded whether it can be you know the deer outside or like (laughs) you know the hawks in the field or just the change in the seasons or you go into a city and whatever might be on that day you walk into a demonstration or you walk into a, a family affair or whatever it may be um music music inspires me you know um food i love to eat um you know but i can get captivated by different produce and things like that so i know i'm going off on a tangent but um yeah it's all right that's uh, okay you made me think do you ever um shoot dancers since you were you were a dancer and now you're into photography it seems like those might come together <laughs> yeah that's what i'm experimenting with at the moment um i have done some specifically photographing dancers and one of the things that um when you're a teaching assistant icp you used to get use of the studios um mm-hmm. and so i used to do some studio work with dancers and that sort of thing and uh, my brother happens to be a dance lecturer as well so um but one of the thing i'm doing at the moment is doing some self-portraiture um, with oh, really? me so i'm trying to incorporate um some choreography in to I'm experimenting what can I say? Okay. <laughs> so we'll see is, that, is that harder than say landscape or documentary just because it's very personal? It's the biggest challenge. It's, mm-hmm. it's the thing that I would have 
never thought I'd ever do because I can't st- I can't stand it like it really drives me insane <laughs> so, so why did you decide to do it <laughs> because I want to challenge myself and there's no reason why I can't if I if I'm asking you to take your photograph and to open up to me how can I do that when I can't I'm not doing it to myself yeah okay. did you uh <laughs> did uh, the self doc or self portrait work that margarita did did that help spur you on to do it yourself she just did some brilliant brilliant she, work i think amazing self yeah. she really does she's got an enormous body of work as well um danielle goldstein actually did a really interesting project on um uh it was self-portraiture and it was her like over a vast amount of years and it was in hotel rooms um specifically but it actually tied in with her life things that were happening in her life which i found really fascinating but yeah margarita's um work is stunning and her self-portraiture is phenomenal um mine's mine's experimental at the moment and it's not i don't find it easy just like like taking a picture of me but it's much more that the move i'm trying to involve dance and like part of my of like um going back to my roots kind of thing so we'll see where it takes me <laughs> well, you know you you've connected with a lot of people and it seems like you remain connected you know street photography is pretty lonely mm-hmm. as you know and most of us go through life shooting without connecting with anybody other than our subjects but you you know you've been involved with people over a long period of time so how has your involvement with others caused your own personal style i hate to even use style but how has your photography evolved as a result of of those personal connections so it's interesting isn't it because i do have and i i keep all of my contacts so i do have connected with many many people and i still continue to however I am equally as isolated because I, um, especially now, like in New York, less so because when you, I was involved in photography every day, pretty much. Um, but certainly since I moved here, it was a big transition. And even studying, I'm doing the MA online, mm. so I'm not meeting people in person. Mm. So you have to make time to actually make make sure that you keep those connections um going um i'm sorry i'm drifting what was your specific question i just wondered about, about your personal uh your oh, style or your yeah. just your your how others have affected your end product i'm sorry yeah. Yeah. it's interesting because i think i mean i learned from other people's work and i certainly if I see, you know, if we're debating something, if somebody's got a different idea, I'll certainly experiment with that. But my, but I've not drifted from the way that I engage people, mm-hmm. and also going with my instinct. I just don't drift away from that. I do, you know, I'll try different things, and people have influence. I mean, in terms of landscape, it's a little bit different because I was learning that, like. Mm-hmm. You. So I went out with like Bruce Percy, David Ward, who are 
big photographers in the UK who have a huge following and learned a lot from them. But even then, you know, um, I would still, given the opportunity, if I came across any people, I would engage with them in the same way that I would in street mm-hmm. photography. And I, I kind of applied the same things um, to a certain extent. So I don't know. And I don't, I don't really see that I have a style. However, well, wouldn't know that I have a style. However, you know, so, uh, a lot of my images I do photograph in a similar way. But I will, like, if I was photographing you, for example, I would do my my practice is to engage and then photograph what I think, but also what I don't think. Like going from different angles and um, trying to get the most out. And again, you know, I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm really keen to learn from other photographers and everyone has different perspectives, don't they? And different ways of doing things. But yeah, um, but yeah I've not really deviated from that too much. The, um, so you see you've worked on a lot of projects. Is there, is there any one in particular that you're especially proud of? That maybe it was a turning point for you in some way? Uh, and can so, you tell us about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm my background is I'm half Indian. My father is Indian. My mother's English. And so for me... Um, exploring India was is is and continues to still be quite um, high up there as, as probably the most interesting. Um, we were we were raised very much in a mixed household. You know, we went to the temple and we went to church, and I don't mm. think any of us are that particularly that religious. But wow. you just you have a di- we had a diverse sort of upbringing and. Um, I I think that is my most interesting project, I would say. But it, I love I love all the I love all the projects that I kind of do. Um, <laughs> and also, one thing that uh, having Harvey as a mentor and dear friend, um, he taught me the value of long term projects. Mm-hmm. The only thing with that is I, I haven't worked out when to let go yet. <laughs> when you uh, um, constantly evolve and yeah i've shown some of that indian work and i've shown some of the projects but i wouldn't say they're finished and you know i'm continuously mm-hmm. to do that when so. when you've gone to india to to photograph did you did it ever take you through the area where your father was from where you have family or or you know do you just make time to go there while you're in the country yeah Large yeah, country, specifically actually, um, because we were we were in Delhi, and I went a few days earlier to specifically explore that area. Now I don't have family that I know of there now, but um, it was kind of surreal, and I did have you know a body of work around that prior to meeting up with everybody else and you know going on the workshops, and also you know. Um, and not just from a family perspective, but um, in exploring, in, uh, continuously exploring India, the caste system to me is like a big issue. 
and not that I really want to go down that route right now and talk about it, but mm-hmm. it's, um, it's something that I feel quite strongly about. So I'm also doing a body of work around that, um, trying to. So, you know, that's, but that's a separate one. But yeah, so India kind of has a lot of appeal to me, but there's so many countries and, you know, I've been fortunate to, to, um, I've explored different parts of the world and continue to do that. So hopefully that will last. <laughs> Where's your favorite place you've been? I know it's hard to say favorite because they're also different and it's hard to compare, but do you uh, have a place that you just fell in love with when you arrived? Uh, Didn't uh, want to leave? Well, it's weird because I love New York, uh, but I didn't fall in love with it when I first went there. It took me a little while, but then <laughs> I grew to love it. Um, and I was there for 14 years or something. Um, Istanbul um, mm. is probably up there. But um, one, one place I really want to go back to is um, Guatemala. Um, and there's a, there was an area that I went to and there was a school I engaged with. I'm hoping to go back and do some work with them at some point. Um, I want to progress my practice as much as I can and then eventually turn that, you know, I want, that's going to be my next level of business. I don't want to, you know, I want to continue to be creative, but the transition from it being more of a passion project and and the the bodies of work I do to something more meaningful. And um, it appeals to me and engaging with other groups, other organizations where you can help make difference to people's lives through photography. Um, In terms of, you know, for an example, this school that I came across and I took some school supplies to and engaged there. um, And they don't have they don't necessarily have the funds to draw people to go to there. If people go out and do work with children, it, you know, photography wise or in creatively, it, they tend to go to the larger cities and these are mm-hmm. real uh, rural areas. And I see no reason why, you know, if we could get a group of people together, if we could get the funding, then we could arrange something like that. But you know, mm-hmm. one step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah, is that kind of... I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, is that kind of like your end goal with your master's? Is that what you want to do with it? Is that what you're thinking Uh, so far? There's there's a couple of things. Uh, um, There's a few things in the works, but that that would be one aspect of it. Um, I want to see where the journey takes me, but that is definitely something that I'm pursuing right now. Yeah. You just never know when you start something where it's going to take you, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you face challenges, Sarita. I have to say that. I feel like I like if I gave you a challenge, I know you would do it just because you have to meet the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good personality trait to have. <laughs> I love it. Like some people think I'm crazy, but I just, I do. I just love it. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I'll be out there all night sometimes, you know, it's just like, you can't let go, but you have to, you have to, uh, you have to know when to let go. And you have to trust your instincts as well. Like some places aren't as safe as others, 
but um, but if you trust your instinct, it's done me done me okay so far. <laughs> so, how was your career in business? Mm-hmm. Um, how has that helped or hindered your ability as a photographer? Well, it funded it for, for a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big help. <laughs> there you go. No said, um, right? Uh, you know, and I do, I do still do a bit of consulting now, but it's very small um, in the scheme of things. Um, and that's that's more because of the firm that I work for. Um, I'm very committed to them, and um, they've been really uh, good to me. So um, I'm very much a relationship person, as you probably gather. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it was it it was helpful. I mean, it was very much helpful in terms of me actually being much more practical and taking the emotion out of engaging mm-hmm. with people and not um, just really, you know, put it into stats that that the more people say no, the more chance you've got saying yes, and 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 taking the emotion away from it because oftentimes you have to do that. Um, you have to think practically as much as as much as. Uh, I can get really emotional and passionate about things. Um, I am, you know, well aware of, of that side of things. So yeah, it was it helps me like that. And also, from a business perspective, in terms of you know, one of the things that I'm exploring is um, having photography as a business, whatever that looks like. Mm. And in doing that, you know, the skills of of uh, working yeah. finance and working in the corporate world were will certainly come in handy in the practicalities of, of that. So your ability to to remove emotion from the situation, does that help you in the editing process in making decision of what stays and what goes? Because, but, you know, so often we get wrapped up in the emotion of we felt we made a photograph or even later, as we look at it later, and it's hard to look at it objectively you know whether it goes into a project or it goes to print or gets sent to a magazine or whatever or not so does that help you or you're just like everybody else yeah i think i'm like everybody else but (laughs) my my way of dealing with that is um oftentimes to walk away Mm -hmm. i like to print pictures and um even Mm -hmm. if it's just you know whatever size it is doesn't matter it doesn't have to be the best quality though it's just like i need to yeah. to have it around me um either i if i'm working on a project i tend to to print them and put them up and then i just live with them for a bit um if it's if it's not timely i'll perhaps just leave it and then come back to it um i don't spend huge amounts of time editing certainly street photography work um but landscape more so because i'm trying because there's certain type of image i'm trying to make oftentimes but with street portraits um i don't I, i'm not one to throw anything away because mm. i strong believe in coming back and having a look because how i feel today is going to be different to how i feel in whatever you know. yeah. time. and i know there's there's people on both sides of that as well there's no, there's no rules is there but yeah i think i'm the same as everyone else i can't take the emotion out, <laughs> of, out of looking and I'm quite happy as well to spend time looking and analyzing a picture. Um, but you don't always have that luxury. Sometimes you've got to, like, you're under a deadline. You, you've got to get it out. So, 
Do you get help from others when it comes time to making choices about your photos, especially if if you're going to submit them for projects for school? I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you got to make the right decision. School is different um, because you 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 have you you're submitting it all the you're sharing all the time, and you're surrounded by people Mm. even online that will objectively look at your work. But in terms of personal projects, it, it varies. Um, the good thing about doing, and I encourage people to participate in workshops and things like that. I mean, I've certainly grown a lot from those. And the critique you get when you um, find a mentor or, or, or get together online or in person with um, other photographers is you, you have a respectful engagement and mm-hmm. it's just, as long as you don't mind as long as you can take the critique it's like you know don't ask anybody whose opinion you wouldn't value but but <laughs> yeah. you know but if you respect someone as a photographer then um i think it's always valuable to share um and whether you whether you take that or, or do anything with it or not it's in, then it's up to you but um i do think there's value in in sharing and certainly getting feedback when you can and if you can you know i think that's a great approach to take with critique just to know that whether you ultimately accept the advice is up to you i think that takes the pain out of somebody saying they don't like something you know because sometimes you'll agree and sometimes you won't Mm -hmm. but as long as you know in your head this can help me and i decide if i want to take it or not then it's not painful to get a critique or not as painful <laughs> and also i mean what i found over the years is my my confidence has grown whereas when i'm first set out i'm sure that i listen to i mean i still do i listen to every critique and i'm but i'm sure at first i would take everything on board and then i would make changes according to that i mean especially when you're in mm-hmm. class things like that however over time i've now and i still i love getting critique because I do think it um, challenges you, challenges your thought process, if nothing mm-hmm. else, because yeah. sometimes it's okay. Like that person who's critiquing that, whether it's in a positive, you know, you know, if it's in a negative way at all, or not negative is the wrong word, but in a constructive way, mm-hmm. if sometimes you've made that choice for a reason. So then you explain your reason, then they, they, they can see why you've made that choice. Mm-hmm which is the one that they're constructively giving you feedback on. So um, it's helped me to build confidence in my decisions as well, because you can actually voice those decisions. And yeah, it makes you articulate. Yes. The the thought process behind your photos, probably. Yeah, because that's where I struggle with um, the story. You know, lots of people, um, you know, Virginia is a good example. Her background is in writing and she's very articulate and can yeah. pick out the, you know, she can articulate an image just like that for me mm-hmm. if you ask me to write it um you might be waiting quite a while to go, <laughs> you know, if i'm doing a, a, a you know you're doing a five thousand word essay oh my goodness it's mm-hmm. like i write fifteen thousand, none of like gonna like cut it and cut it and then try and get it into exactly what i'm trying to say uh, but yeah, it takes work. It's not easy. I'm, uh, you know, I like to take photographs as opposed to writing about them. But it, going back to what we were saying, that really helps with your thought process and able to 
be more specific in your articulation of what you're mm -hmm. trying to um, provide to people. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Sarita, it's been uh, been very interesting and really, really enjoy talking to you. But before we go, mm -hmm. let everybody know where they can can see some of your stuff besides in street photography magazine <laughs> <laughs> um well i am working as you know on a on a portfolio site which i think is uh it's www.saritahockleyphotography um and obviously instagram not that i've been that active but um hopefully the encouragement is there too. Uh, We're to setting the challenge for you, Sarita. <laughs> yeah, the challenge is to get your website up and running. <laughs> you, you know, Instagram, Facebook's great, but you've got to own it. You've got it. Well, you've got the domain. So, you, you know, yeah. you got to own your own site because you never know what happens with those other things. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? They're never done. <laughs> They're never done. So. I understand. Just I've been, uh, I understand that. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, that's my that's my next biggest challenge is actually getting the work out there. And again, um, yep. get it out there. You do good stuff. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Mm -hmm.